Welcome back to Out Loud, the Selective Mutism podcast. I'm Chelsea. Um, Today it's just me. We did start out recording this episode um, together, but I just really wanted to get my point across and it wasn't working out the way that I had pictured in my head, so I'm actually re-recording this um, just on my own. Um, My mom will be joining me in other episodes. I just felt kind of passionate about this topic and I really wanted to make my message clear. This episode is a little late. I think I've just been kind of struggling lately. I think that's, um, it's probably relatable to some of you listening. I think lately things haven't been easy during the pandemic. Um, and luckily people are starting to get vaccinated and hopefully we can return to some sort of normalcy. I'm sure I'm not the only one who finds that my social anxiety is worse lately. I just think um, not having regular interactions with a lot of people is kind of taking a toll on me. Um, I'm actually in the process of buying a house, so that has been very <laughs> stressful and exciting. Um, but I just, if you're feeling kind of overwhelmed, know that you're not alone. This week's episode is about tantrums and meltdowns, and before I continue with the episode, I will play a short clip from when me and my mom tried to record this the first time because I think it's important to talk about. So I will play the clip and then I will comment. And I think it's tough to tell where you draw that line between bad behavior and when to discipline versus selective mutism and maybe not to um, discipline because of the selective mutism. Does that make sense? No. It's tough to differentiate as a parent when you should discipline them and when you shouldn't because there are a lot of behaviors demonstrated by selective mutism children that you can't tease out whether it's like, I hate to say bad behavior or if it's the SM Mm -hmm. and dad and I often struggled on this as parents. Yeah. I mean, I think from my experience working with kids and kids with autism and different communication disorders, um, It's really helpful to just not think of it as good and bad behavior. It's, um, I just don't even see that anymore. I don't, when I see a kid having a tantrum, I don't think, oh, they're just being bad. Um, I just, it's usually a skill deficit. They're trying to communicate with you in a way that is not as, um, socially accepted as we want it to be. Obviously, you want to teach communication skills so that they don't tantrum to get what they want but Mm -hmm. it's because they don't know how to get what they want and that has been successful for them in the past um but I also think there's such there's a difference between tantrums and their and sensory meltdowns Mm -hmm. oh I can I hear what you're saying and now that I'm past sort of being a parent (laughs) in the selective mutism mode or whatever um, looking back now, I, I agree with you and I can see that. But when you're in the moment as a parent, it just feels so different because you mm-hmm. basically, I think you feel yourself out of control and you don't know how to handle the situation. So you just try yeah. the best thing you can. So that was 
part of our attempt to record this um, in the beginning. I just felt like um, she was focusing on differentiating behavior as being related to selective mutism versus being bad behavior, which to me, I don't think it matters whether it's good or bad behavior. Um, I understand that obviously you shouldn't be punishing a child for not being able to speak or for having sensory difficulties. I wanted to focus on tantruming and meltdowns and I just felt like we were on two different pages and I felt like she was missing the point that I was trying to make that it doesn't matter whether you think it's good or bad behavior, it's more about how you respond to it as an adult and and just looking at it a different way. So I'll get into that in this episode. I just thought people would relate to that and hopefully this episode makes sense. <laughs> I just wanted to start off by saying there's a difference between tantrums and meltdowns. Um, I have had both as a kid and um, neither of them are fun and neither of them are bad or good. They're just um, different ways of responding to the world around us. Um, I will say that tantrums happen when a child is looking for a response. Um, they're either trying to get what they want or they're it's communication. Um, it's not great communication, but it's still communication. Um, it's also showing that there's some lack of... There's a skill missing there where... The child isn't able to communicate what they need or want in an effective way, or maybe it is effective and they get what they want by engaging in that behavior, but um, the difference between a tantrum and a meltdown, I would say, is that a tantrum happens for an audience, whereas a meltdown, it it feels like you don't really... I used to have, like, sensory meltdown... I would be overwhelmed by sensory input in my body, so um, things like jeans felt scratchy to me or tags in the back of my um, shirt and turtlenecks made me feel like I was... and certain foods made me feel just disgusting. Um, but these, all these things can contribute to feeling overwhelmed and not being able to communicate and not being in your day you feel like you can't even regulate um so i just wanted to point out that difference and keep in mind that if your child has a diagnosis of selective mutism it's not uncommon to also have sensory processing difficulties so um, keep that in mind I also wanted to say that after-school meltdowns are pretty common, it sounds like, from what I see in Facebook groups, as well as from my own experience, where the child goes to school and having probably good feedback from a teacher saying, like, oh, they're so well-behaved, she's so quiet, she doesn't do anything wrong, she doesn't break any rules, and then she gets home, and home is the safe place, so you see this kind of explosion of behavior where kids might um, be whiny or they might be crying or they might kind of be great. Um, I just want to make your 
all that anxiety throughout the day kind of builds up and not being able to express yourself at school for that long really takes a toll and it's exhausting to constantly be on the is someone going to call on me is some is a kid going to draw attention to me that's exhausting so when you get home it's like a release like you're finally somewhere where you can and so just keep in mind that these try not to think of it as um here happens as a response to our environment and our learning histories um and kids especially are tantrums can happen with um kids with no diagnosis that are just testing uh, they're testing their environment to see how people react um or maybe they also are learning how to develop their community of course everyone wants to know how do i respond um how do i respond to this meltdown and i think it's important to try and slow yourself down and stay calm as a parent because we are I'm saying we, I'm not a parent, but you are modeling behavior for your child, and as someone who is very sensitive to other people's emotions and reactions, it's important to stay calm, Um, so you're modeling that calm for your child. Um, It's also important to remember that a tantrum is not a good teaching moment (laughs) Um, when a kid is having a meltdown or a tantrum, they're not at a good point. take anything away from that experience it's best to wait until a calmer time to kind of work on the problem um so for meltdowns i would say it's important to give space after school and not bombard a kid with questions and it's also very important to know your kids triggers what makes them anxious what what sensory issues Um, bother them because if you can limit some of those and manage their sensory input by wearing comfortable clothes and maybe having sunglasses if you don't like the bright lights or having headphones that like noise canceling headphones when you're in a loud environment you can avoid these meltdowns to some extent Um, it's also super important to just remain calm and be there Uh, I know it can be embarrassing having um, a child who is having a meltdown in a store or somewhere in public. Uh, They're in a place where they don't feel safe and just by being... Now with tantrums, so tantrums are happening because the child is trying to communicate something. Um, If you know what the child wants, you can prompt communication, um, giving choices, which we all know communication is hard for kids with selective mutism. That's the whole deal. Um, but by giving choices, you are giving the child and that alone prevent a child from escalating. Um, if they feel like they have control over their day and they have ad- advocacy over um, that If they're already having a tantrum, you can give them time to calm down and be careful with punishment. The problem with punishment is the more you use it, the less um, research shows that reinforcement strategies and antecedent strategies, so things that happen before 
to prepare to avoid um, are more effective. Oh, sorry. If you're giving your child a timeout and they are tantruming to get out of something, you're actually reinforcing. I also just feel like punishment can lead to poor self-image and damage your relationship. And at, I say this all the time that with kids who have selective mutism, trust is very important and building that relationship um, where you give the child a sense of control over their life and the ability, the ability to make choices um, and working as a team to solve problems rather than kind of getting into that tantrum. It's important to validate their feelings and don't take what they're doing personally uh, in a rough problems. Validate their feelings and say, I can tell you're having a really hard time right now or I can see you're really upset. Um, I'm here for you. And when you're ready, we can work this. We can figure this out. Here's an I always see this quote like on Instagram and it's they're not giving you a hard time they're having a hard time so please remember that not to take things. I think when my mom and I rec started recording this episode we kind of had some disagreements <laughs> um not necessarily over how to respond to tantrums and meltdowns but more um I think we see them differently maybe because I'm not a parent but I just really want to stress that it's not about giving a parent a hard time although it may seem like that um, even kids who do not have selective mutism I would say that if they're having a tantrum it's because they need something and they're trying to communicate it not that that is behavior that we want to see but try to think of it as a problem that you can work on together rather than just an issue that you're going to and then I want to stress even more that it's not really in their control if you think your kid might be having sensory meltdowns then maybe talk about it together they could just be experiencing exhaustion from having to go through school with such high anxiety as well as if they have sensory processing issues um, that can all just be overwhelming and learning how to regulate and when I say regulate I mean kind of calm yourself down there's um, I really like weighted blankets I have one and it really helps me sleep I can't sleep without um, some kind of blanket weighing me down um, but it's also good for anxiety and I just think that everyone's different and if you can find something that really calms you um, as well as things that keep you comfortable through the day like minimizing triggers I think that is a super great strategy to avoid meltdowns as much but more than anything just being there for them and remembering not to take it too personally because they do love you. They're just having a hard time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Out Loud, the Selective Mutism podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please leave us a review or share with a friend.